Welcome to the Fearless Warrior Podcast, a place for athletes, coaches, and parents who know the value of a strong mindset. I'm your host, Coach AB, a mental performance coach on a mission, former softball coach, wife, and mom of three. Each episode, we will dive deep into all things mental performance, mindset tools, and how to rewire the brain for success. So if your goal is to gain the mental edge and learn the secrets of mental performance, you're in the right place. Let's tune in to today's episode. Okay, you guys. So tonight we have Jesse Warren. I'm super excited for tonight's guest speaker. Uh, she is going to be talking to you guys about all the things and she cannot wait to share her story. FSU and now pro player with the USSA Pride, currently giving lessons, all the things she is excited to share, her mental tips with you guys, her experiences playing college and pro, and her faith, and everything in between, the good stuff, the bad stuff, and I know you guys are going to ask really good questions, so without further ado, Jessie, welcome. Hi guys, I'm super excited to be here, thanks for having me. I'm just going to jump right in and introduce myself, who I am, kind of give you guys a little backstory where I come from. Um, what kind of family I come from, and how I kind of got just to where I am um, today. So my name is Jessica, um, but everyone calls me Jesse. That's what everybody knows me by in the softball community. Um, I started playing baseball when I was eight years old, sorry, three years old. Um, Started softball when I was eight years old, uh, but I played both softball and baseball up until I was 14. And then at the age of 14, I kind of just transitioned over to softball. Um, I got into baseball because uh, my brothers, I have two brothers and a sister, and my brothers played, so I just kind of wanted to be like them growing up and just join them playing baseball. Um, And then I switched over from um, the Pony Baseball League I was playing in to a little league that was closer to home, and the coach that I had growing up throughout my softball career saw me playing baseball and asked me to come try out for his softball team. I did, and then it's history from there. That's how kind of my softball career started. But um, yeah, so ended up, I obviously went to Florida State, signed at Florida State. Um, My childhood was not the best, so it was really hard on mom for me to um, be seen at camps and clinics. Um, I come from a very poor family, so it was very hard for um, her to afford travel ball, for her to afford camps and clinics, for her to afford a lot of things that um, a lot of girls had. Um, so I know what hard work is and I know how hardworking my mom worked for me to get to where I am today. And I'm super thankful for her, but ended up, you know, God had plans for me to go to Florida state. I ended up at Florida state after going to a camp that I fundraised for, which was crazy. I sat outside of Publix asking people to, you know, donate so that I could get to this camp. Um, Ended up going to camp and Coach Alameda, Coach Travis and Coach Snyder at the time, he's now at Texas A&M, but they absolutely loved what they saw um, in me as a person and my talent and in my mom. Um, Dad was not really always there, so dad's not really going to be in the picture a lot, but um, getting getting back in the picture now with my father, but um, ended up obviously signing Florida State, went to Florida State for four years, had an amazing four years, an amazing career at Florida State. Um, I won a national championship in 2018, um, and I couldn't have asked for a better four years under Coacha. We call her Coacha, Coach Alameda. Um, she is the most kind-hearted human being in the world and has taught me so many lessons. And the great thing about her is she just absolutely works with you as a human and as a person so that you're prepared for life. 
Um, and then um, obviously got into real, the real world, got drafted in 2018 to play for the USSA Pride. And I won a Golden Glove in 2019 with them, won two Krause Cups championships with them as well. Um, and then we pulled out of the MPF and we are now about to debut our first season in the WPF, which is a new women's professional fa professional fast pitch league um, coming up this summer uh, for the first time ever. So super excited to play in that because that gives you girls the opportunity now to work hard so that you can get to play in the WPF um, kind of where I am right now. So that's kind of a little backstory background on me. Um, I also did forget to mention that in college, I went through a lot of uh, mental training with uh, Brian Kane. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but went through a lot of mental training with Brian Kane, and um, he helped me tremendously, especially from all my trauma that I had in my childhood. Um, I, I, I'm was diagnosed with GAD, which is general anxiety disorder and uh, a panic disorder. So the fact that I had him in my hip pocket to help me through my four years um, was absolutely tremendous. So, um, but yeah. Awesome. Oh my gosh, Jesse, already. I want you guys really quickly, um, now that we kind of have more people in, give Jesse some whoop whoops in the chat, um, some whoop whoops on the screen. That's kind of how we recognize. If something resonated with you guys, um, we always do like me too, you know, like, you know, that part of your story resonated with me. If, if there's a question tonight, um, uh, make sure that she sees that. Cause this is really special. Um, what was, what was something that, um, that you learned on the mental side that was kind of like in games, like what was your go-to in game routine? So I really took away from him in my four years red. I don't know if you guys are familiar with red lights, yellow lights, and green lights, but, um, he taught us how to recognize our red lights, which is when we're super frustrated in a moment in a game, our yellow lights, which means we're kind of getting to a red light, but we're we're a little bit more on the green light side, but um, and then a green light, meaning you're ready to go, you're ready to step in that box and get after what you're doing. So um, I developed a routine with those three. What I would do is if I got in the box and something was just not going my way, I'd step out, I would um, move the dirt with my feet, which was my clearance that I was now in a yellow light from a red. And then I would look into left field fence and nobody knew I had it out there. But my first day on campus, um, I went to left field and drew a little dot into um, the left field foul pole, which was my refocal point. Um, so that when I was in that yellow light, I could, you know, look over to the left field fence. Everyone thought I was looking at Kocha, but I'm looking right past her and just refocusing um, my myself and just trying to get back into a good place mentally before I step back in the box so that I'm not letting, you know, past pitches or, you know, past situations that maybe I'm upset about a bad call by an umpire that I can't control that's out of my control um, so that I can go onto my next pitch and be in that green light ready to go ready to, you know, get after it. Very cool. How many of you guys have a focal point or a reset mechanism with something specific on the field? Very cool. Okay. What questions do you guys have? What it's like to play in the college world series? Was it, was it nerve wracking? Were you nervous? Yeah, it was, well, I'd been there in 2016. So in 2016, it was, was the nerves were just crazy. Um, just so many people and how the game has grown and how the world series has just grown all together year by year. So by the time I got back in 18, it was even bigger than it was in 16. So the nerves were still there, but 
Um, it wasn't foreign because I'd been there before and, you know, I'd played in six, seven games on that field. So um, when I did go in 18, it wasn't about the trophy for none of us, which is crazy that it wasn't. And then we ended up winning it. But um, for us, it was all about just, you know, enjoying each other's presence and looking to the left and right of us and just really, really trying to, you know, play the game that we fell in love with at the age of eight and just taking our environment. You know, the one thing that really stuck out to us was just all the little girls that were standing in the stands um, watching us and, you know, just being grateful for where we were and the turf that we were standing on. So, um, it, you know, it was full circle from 16 to 18 when Megan King went and gave up a grand slam in her first like appearance. And then we get back in 18 and she's literally throwing like a 0.1. She has a 0.1 ERA. So um, it was awesome. And I really, really enjoyed it. And by game two, the nerves were completely gone. And I was just having a ball in the time of my life. Is that widely known that that you guys, you know, weren't weren't dealing with the pressure of, of going and getting a national championship? I mean, I mean, most teams, you know, we have a common goal. That was our common goal was to win a natty. But I don't think many people knew that we didn't care if we wanted or not while we were there. And um, we were it was funny because we always joked about how, oh, my gosh, we're winning this game right now. Like we we haven't been behind yet, but we're the comeback kids like they need to score a couple of runs. They need to be beating us so that we can come back and win. So, you know, we had little <laughs> jokes like that. And um after we lost to ucla we were like so what like we've been here before we lost to georgia our first game here in 2016 we made it to the semis and ended up losing to auburn in the semis but um we've been here and we've done it so let's just you know lace up our cleats and go out there and just enjoy each other enjoy the environment have fun and see what happens and look what happens so it was chills was chills <laughs> what, a, what an amazing story. Okay, yeah. so Keelani has a question for you. She says, do you consider yourself a leader and what qualities are important for that? I do consider myself a leader in many different ways than most leaders that you guys are probably familiar with. So you look at leaders and you probably think like very vocal, um, not necessarily telling your teammates what to do, but leading them in a way where they come to you for um, necessities and um, you know team information, almost like a manager type thing. Um, the way I lead is by example. So you know I'm the first one in the dugout, ready to go, stretching. Um, you know when I'm on the field, I'm very vocal with my teammates, but at the same time, I'm just very good teammate to my friends. And that's one thing if you guys can take away from tonight is just be a very good teammate and get to know and connect with your teammates on a different level than just playing the game of softball. Like take the time to actually get to know them because the chemistry that you build with, with your teammates when you get to know them outside of softball makes playing the game so much more easier when you have them you know, by your side on the field because then they know what they can bring out of you. So my teammates know exactly how they can speak to me without me you know, getting really, really upset or without me not wanting them to come to me at all. So that took time though, because they got to know me outside of the game. So they know what my ticks are. They know what makes me mad. They know what they can say. Um, but I think just just being a good teammate is one of the most important qualities, you know, checking up on your teammates day by day, regardless if it's about softball or not, um, just shows you that you're a good teammate as far as being there for your friends and, and for your teammates. And um, but last person to be in the dugout picking up trash, you know, making sure my teammates are doing the right things, making sure I'm doing the right things. And I think the most important thing is just being able to hold your teammates accountable um, and vice versa. So, um, you know, if one of my teammates are doing something correct, 
correctly, not necessarily physically or mentally, but just knowing that they may be a minute late, like, hey, that's not acceptable. Let's be better next time. And knowing that my teammate can take that from me and not go and talk to another team and like, oh my gosh, Jess just said this to me. Like, it's like, okay, yes, you're right. I was a minute late. Let me be better. And tomorrow I won't be late. So just being able to hold each other accountable is super important and not getting, you know, fussy about it when someone calls you out um, because they just know that you can be better than what you were showing. And a lot of people can see that in each other and their teammates when you can't see it in yourself. So it's just, be holding each other accountable and being able to take that accountability from your other people. Such an awesome response. I don't think that's a typical response. I mean, we hear the things about the dugout, but that response of just being a good human and being a good friend. And obviously it's worked for you, right? Look at the things that you found. And I think in just in today's world, like with with mental health, just not being a priority for athletes, I think it's just super important that those things are happening and, you know, those checkups are happening day by day. And I think just being comfortable with talking, super, super important, just being comfortable with opening up to people and, you know, telling them when you're not okay, because it's okay not to be okay. But just having that trust in your teammates to be able to do that is is super, super important. Love that. Okay. Danica says, did any teammate or coach ever put you down? And if they did, how did you react? Um, I, I did have one teammate as I was growing up, just kind of the odd one out that would, I wouldn't necessarily say bully me, but she saw that I was getting places and she kind of recognized that she wasn't. So she would say things and make remarks that would try to bring me down. But me being how I was and just not really caring about what people had to say about me, because knowing that all that really matters, what I thought about myself and how I acted and, you know, the confidence that I had within myself was the most important. And one thing that I'm very big on is not like finding my identity through my sport, but finding my identity through Christ. So just knowing that softball is going to end. And regardless if softball ends or not, like I still have God to lean on. And um, just knowing that what other people think about me doesn't matter because I was created by the one and, you know, all that matters is what he thinks. So um, yes, I have had a teammate put me down. I haven't had a coach um, put me down yet, but hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> but um just how do you, how did I react? Just let it be, just let it go. Know, like be the bigger person and know that what you think about yourself is all that matters and the confidence that you have within yourself is all that matter. And nobody can take that away from you. If you have that confidence within yourself, nobody's going to be able to, you know, take that away from you. So um, just be the bigger person and just walk away. Don't say anything. Keep working hard. You know, you got what you're doing. You know, you're putting in the hard work. So just keep working and um, yeah, don't let anyone take away that confidence. Awesome question. You guys love that. What do you guys want to know? It can be anything. You guys can ask me absolutely anything. Like what's my favorite color? What's my favorite food? Like I'm open to answering any questions you guys have. I'm not promising that the tears won't flow. I'm a very sensitive person. So if I start crying, it's normal. Don't get awkward. You have siblings and if you do like did they did you ever compete with them like if they played a sport too or something like that yeah I do so, that I, with my brother. 
So I have two brothers and a sister. My older sister, she's 10 years older than me. Um, so she was never really athletic. She never did any kind of sports. Um, she's like the reading, very like into education type of personality. Um, and then I have an older brother who's one year older than me. And he's the one that um, played baseball, who got me into baseball. And then my younger brother as well. Um, he's one year younger than me, also played baseball. Um, but my younger brother fell out of sports at a young age. So it was just me and my older brother. Um, but he fell out of sports when he was like 14. Um, so we did compete when we were younger. But at that age, we didn't really know what competing was. So we were just out there to have fun. And I think the competing started when he stopped playing. And I started competing with other people, not necessarily my siblings. But I think it's so cool that the competing aspect and then the definition is being like used by younger girls and the younger generation now at such an early age because it's making our game so much more competitive like girls are understanding what competitiveness is and how to compete at the age of 10 which at the age of 10 if you asked me if i was competing i would be like what's that i'm playing softball like i was just out there to have fun and i didn't really understand what competing was until i was in high school um so I started competing in high school with with the people who were around me, but it wasn't a competitiveness where I was like, I'm going to beat you and ha ha like I I beat you. It was more so like I'm going to pull the best out of you. You're going to pull the best out of me and whoever gets this position is going to get this position. And if you beat me, I'm just going to work that much harder to beat you for next week so that I can start. And then hopefully it just goes back and forth. And I think that's what sports all about. And you know, having good teammates is is all about that. I was talking earlier about accountability. So, you know, if you have those good teammates and teammates that are going to treat you right, you're going to be able to compete, but you're not going to, you know, feel afraid or have fear to beat somebody and then they be mean to you. But um, so I competed with my brothers, I guess, when we were younger, but not so much. Sydney, do you have a question? I saw your hand. What do you think is the most challenging thing as a softball player? Oh, most challenging thing as a softball player, I think the roller coaster of emotions that you deal with, with, with the game. So, you know, one week you can be batting seven for 10, hitting 700. And then the next week, you know, you go over and you think you can't play softball because you can't hit a ball. And, you know, you're on the high of, of about to drop on, on the roller coaster. And then all of a sudden you go down and you're at the low and then, you're back up at the high and then back at the low. So it's just like being able to manage and navigate those emotions that you deal with every single day. And like I said earlier, at the end of the day, one strikeout, one error, one bad pitch doesn't define you as a softball player. You're not a softball player. You are obviously a softball player, but people aren't going to look at you and think you're just a softball player. When people see me, they see so a softball player, but they also see so many other characteristics in me that define me as a human being. Um, so I think just really accepting failure is going to be super important. Just knowing you're going to fail. I promise every single one of you, you're going to strike out about a hundred times before your career is over. And I'm probably going to strike out like a hundred times before my career is over. Cause I hope I play until I'm like 40. But with that being said, no short-term memory is what we call it. Have a short-term memory. Okay. What is a short-term memory? What is a short-term memory? Anybody actually what's short-term memory? Danica. Like whenever, like if something happens, like if you strike out, you just brush it off and you're like, okay, next time I'll hit it. 
Exactly. Okay. Short-term memory is, is just forgetting about things quickly in a short time. Okay. So with that being said, like have a short-term memory, you know, you strike out, go into the dugout, get a, a cup of water. You know, that water that you're about to drink is that strikeout, drink it, crush the cup. It's over. Let's move on. Okay. So having a short-term memory, um, and then just accepting those failures so that you learn from them, move on, and you you be successful later on down the road. Because I promise you, I've had so many more failures than I have successes, but those failures have turned me into the player I am today. Okay, I see another question from Kehlani. Um, I went out to Illinois to see Athletes Unlimited and saw you play. How did you like that experience, and how did it compare to your college experience? Okay, college experience, there won't be nothing to compare to college. College softball is just completely different. Like, it is the emotions you go through, just the good, the bad, the ugly, everything, you know, you're you're going through it with all your teammates and you spend four years with those girls getting to know them and then you get into the real world and you're just crushed by, you know, all this new stuff that you have to get used to, which takes a little while to get used to and it's scary, but obviously you're an adult and you figure it out. Um, Athletes Unlimited was a great experience. You know, there were 56 athletes in in the portal. We call it the portal. Um, and getting to play with so many great athletes and strong-minded women um, was phenomenal. You know, I went into my first year super scared that people weren't going to accept me because um, I'm a little bit, you know, just very outgoing and just put myself out there. And every single one of those girls accepted me for who I was. And um it was just so so overwhelming to see that these women and how strong their minds were and how that rubbed off on me and made me such a better human and a better person just surrounding myself with all those women um the experience was great you know we had so many like meetings where um, we held these things called Friday Night Lights, where on Fridays we'd get together as a big group and just talk about things that were happening in the real world that maybe we were just afraid to talk about and open up about. And the amount of people that would come and the things that were, you know, shared, obviously all confidential and promised each other not to take it outside of where we were. But, you know, just getting to see those, that part of, your, like that side of your teammates and, and friends was just just so crazy that you would never think some of those girls went through some of the things that they did so um and again vulnerability opens up chemistry because now i know these girls now when i play with them on the field like i know how to talk to them i know what i can say i know what they've been through to make them a better person and to make them a better teammate to make me a better teammate better person so um it was it was the best time of my life and um actually i wouldn't say best time of my life because the World Series was pretty good, but it was one of the best times of my life, and um, I enjoyed it. I played season two last summer, but unfortunately, I won't be playing season three this summer um, due to just some contract obligations that I had prior. So um, hopefully season four, I'll get in there again, but we'll see. And then am I saying Noah? Is it Noah? Noah. Okay. What did you major in at FSU, and was it hard to keep up with your studies as well as softball? Um, so I was a social science major. I had to think about that because I was like four different majors. Um, so I ended up with my social science, um, bachelor's of science degree. I started as undecided and then I went into sport management because I wanted to be a coach, but then realized I didn't want to be a coach. Um, so then I went out of sports management and got into, um, criminal justice 
and then realized with all the trauma that I've been through in my childhood, I couldn't sit through some of the things that they talked about during classes. So I pulled out of that and went into um, social science and then ended up just doing social science and um, getting my degree in that. And then, yes, it was it was hard for me, especially to keep up with, um, I call it a triangle. So the top of the triangle is school supposed to be for athletes and then you have your social life and your athlete like your athlete life on the bottom of the triangle um it's really hard to maintain all three at the same time so if you want to be very successful in the field you have to pick school softball or school social stuff like your social life or your social life and school with trying to manage softball it's really hard to do all three some people can manage to do all three. I couldn't because I have a lot of learning disabilities. Um, so I had to choose softball and school. I went into the Florida State and chose softball and social life um, to start off with. Like, we're going to be very honest. And I really just went downhill. Like, school just was not happening for me. And I was very close to being ineligible to play. So I had to switch my priorities. And um, those priorities switched to being education and softball um, because I realized that I had to have extra focus in in my education part of my life um and the social life would just come at another time which it did and i i obviously during my junior senior year i made time for those you know social life that i wanted making friends and you know hanging out with friends and stuff but um yes it was super hard but you have so many resources and so many things available uh that you just reach out to people and they help you tutors you know academic advisors your coaches um, and they're all there to help and um, help you succeed through your four years of college. So, yes, it was hard. Can you explain more about your recruiting experience throughout your recruiting process? Ryan, good question. Um, my recruiting process was so different than everyone's. And everyone says that, but mine was very, very different. So I, freshman year, I was 14. I decided, I didn't even know I wanted to play college softball. I my first ever softball game I had ever watched was when FSU got demolished by Michigan, 17-2 in Super Regionals in 2014. It's my first ever softball game I had ever watched on TV. Like I wasn't the type to go watch softball. I had been I'd been to like a softball game when Michigan was playing USF because Michigan was my um, second school, but that was after I committed to FSU. Um, they were very so very interested in me, but I. Um, my coach, his two sons, played baseball at Florida State. Sherman Johnson Jr. and Brandon Johnson played baseball at Florida State. So I'd always go up with him to watch them play. So I was always on campus. Um, and I walked over to softball with him one day and introduced. he introduced me to Coach Alameda. And they were like, come on out to a camp. Let us see like what you have. And then we can go from there. And... I fundraised for that camp, like I told you guys earlier. Uh, ended up staying overnight at the, it was an overnight camp. Stayed overnight, you know, competed like crazy. And I stood out tremendously, not because of my talent, but because I was the only one that was just in like, again, I come from a very poor family. So I was just in a plain t-shirt with some ripped, you know, um, softball pants from my travel ball team like just holes everywhere no socks 
plates. <laughs> like, and all these girls are in their full uniforms looking very, very like professional. And I'm just there like just balling out. And um, I caught their eye by the way I dressed and then just obviously the talent that I had. And uh, the next week or two, they were still in contact, contacted my coach. And then obviously rules were different back when I was being recruited. I know there's a lot of different rules now. I don't even know them to be honest, but um, I called Co coach, Co coach Snyder called my high school coach, which then put me on the phone. I ran away from the phone. I didn't want to talk to him. I was so scared. And then Coach Alameda called and I answered and she was like, hey, like ready to be a null? Like we want you to be a null. Are you ready? And I was like, um, literally, this is why I said, um, yeah. And then coach, my coach turned around and was like, are you not excited? Do you not want to go there? And I was like, no, I'm excited. I'm just like nervous. I'm like very socially awkward when I was younger. Um, but then, yeah, committed to Florida State. My first and only offer that I had, I had talked to Bonnie and Hutch from Michigan a few times, but I told him right off the bat, I was not, I was a Florida girl and I was not going into the cold. So, um, but yeah, my recruiting story, very, just very simple. I stayed very local in travel ball tournaments. I never played in any of those big tournaments. Um, stayed in SA, ISA, ASA tournaments, if you guys are familiar with those. Um, but never played in like those Colorado show, like fireworks, any of those big, big ones. I played in one when I switched teams to play in the Wichita Mustangs, but I was on that team for like two weeks and then I came back home because I was homesick. But yeah, that's my recruiting process story. I'm sure every single one of you guys' story is going to be completely different than that one. This is awesome. So <clears throat> we are actually already over on time and we want to be respectful of your time. So um, it looks like Danica has one final question. Did you play any other sports? And then I have one closing question for you. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. So did I ever play any other sports? I did. I played every other, I played every other sport you can think of. Like I'm not even joking when I say that. Um, I started in baseball obviously switched to softball while I was playing softball. I was doing travel soccer. Um, I played volleyball. I then was throwing shot put for track and field. I played a year of tennis. Um, and then when I got to high school, I was doing basketball in the fall. And then I would travel with, I couldn't do soccer during basketball because soccer and basketball at the same time, I would travel soccer, do travel soccer while I was playing basketball. And then in the spring, I would throw shot put and play softball, but then track was getting in the way of softball because it's the same season. I wanted to do flag football. I did it for like two weeks, but again, all three of those were at the same season. So I ended up just sticking with softball in the spring, um, doing travel soccer and then playing basketball. I actually had some offers to play basketball in college, but um, obviously softball was my route and I felt like I had more, more opportunity and connections through that sport. So I ended up sticking. But yeah. See, they fired up so many awesome questions at you tonight. It's awesome, that you guys. Awesome. Um, okay, awesome. so final question. If you could go back in time, become a time traveler, and give your younger self any piece of advice, what would you tell your younger self? Oh, there's so many things. I think one, like everything's gonna be fine, everything's gonna be okay. And then two, they're like one thing I wish I would had known in high school was just to accept my failures um, earlier in life, uh, as far as like on the athletic side, just I could have been so much better than what I was in high school had I not went into the dugout and cried after a strikeout. Like 
if I had learned from that at bat and made the adjustments into at bat too, I specifically remembered like we were playing this high school named Sickles High School um, and we were rivals and we were winning, but they had runners on first. Oh no, we were up to bat. I was on third and we had a runner on first. And my coach specifically told me, hey, she hits a ground ball to third, don't run. Like she's gonna throw it and then you take off. She hit the ball to third and I just darted home. I got thrown out and actually they were winning. We ended up not tying the game because it was five to four. I go into the dugout, I'm like throwing my helmet. I'm crying. This was my sophomore year of high school, crying. I get back onto, I was a shortstop in high school get back on the field and absolutely I'm just going to take ownership. I blew the game for the team. Like balls were being hit to me and I was still so mad at a play that happened in the second inning. I threw the whole entire game away for our team and we ended up losing like 14 to three or 14 to four because I was like booting balls. I was like chucking balls at our first baseman because I was just so angry. And had I just learned from that mistake and went out on defense and just Play softball, got into my next at bat, hit a double, and then my teammates scored. Like, game's tied. But little me just decided I wanted to be a crybaby and throw the game for the team. So I think just accepting your failures early, accept, like knowing it's going to be fine, learn from those failures, learn from, from what you did in an at bat or in the field, and just put it behind you and move forward. And really, really just learn from those things because it's going to make you one a better teammate and then two just a better player and person in general and you can learn from your failures in life too just learning what what mistakes you've made in real life and moving forward from them and knowing not to make those same mistakes again so one piece of advice would be that (laughs) oh that's so good so good this has been phenomenal we love guest speakers it's just one of the best yet thank you for your time we really really appreciate it of course thank you so much for having me Thank you. You're welcome, guys. See you guys soon.